You're listening to the brand new episode of In Love With The Process. I am your host, Mike Petchy, and I am uh, very fucking excited today because we have a big guest in studio. But before I get to it, this show wouldn't be possible without help and support from our friends at Puget Systems. They helped us get out here to Provo. They are paying for this giant house that we are in. They have been supporting all the filmmakers and all of us. It's been fun. I have a lot of uh, hot tub burns because of Puget Systems. If you're in the marketplace for a brand new edit machine, let's say you're a video editor, maybe you're a sound editor, maybe you're a graphic designer, and uh, you need something different. You want a machine that is custom tailored to you with real customer support, real people that answer the phone when you call them, I suggest you build yourself a PC. Now, before you have a heart attack and think, oh my God, PCs crash all the time. What are you living in, 2000? Like 1999, 2000? Come on, grow up. All machines now, both operating systems use the same edit software uh, that I that we use on it. Well, I fucked that up. Both, both machines will use the same software. So build yourself a PC because the parts are more affordable it's a more competitive marketplace, so when a new graphics card comes out within a few weeks, the prices drop, and you can custom build it to your needs. So if you go to PugetSystems.com, you can choose a computer based upon the software you're going to use. So Premiere System, click it. They will offer you a baseline system, but here's what they want from you. They want you to call them and talk to them. They want to know what it is that you're using it for. They'll have all sorts of tricks and secrets and money-saving little tips so that you can build the system perfectly tailored for your needs sounds pretty fucking cool doesn't it so go to pugetsystems.com and check it out all right so hold on folks we're gonna play a track here let's see what are we gonna start with what are we gonna, oh let's start with the classics this morning all right so here we go to get sexy in here. Hold on. It's like an Adrian Line film right now. Here comes David Lynch. shop in LA somewhere. And then in walks Chris Isaac. I love running the music too long. It's my favorite thing in the world to do. Gets everybody excited, forces you to pay attention to the show, forces you to forget about all the shit that's going on in your life, forces you to forget that we are broke, unemployed filmmakers, and we can barely make rent. That's what this is. This is, a, this is like a cleansing. 
And honestly, it's my show, so I can do whatever the fuck I want. So you're going to have to listen to it. Okay. So uh, welcome back. We are on day a nine. Day nine. Day nine. Holy now. shit. You and I it's have been, been here for nine days. Yeah. In Provo. Yeah, I feel like I gotta change my zip code now. Are you a, are you Mormon then? Are you, are you Mormon? I think getting close. <laughs> yeah, I'm I am close. Too. I mean, I, if I don't end up Mormon by the end of this, they're not doing their job right. Yeah. Apparently, I've got an application. I haven't filled it out yet. I haven't committed, but I'm reading the paperwork. You better read all the fine print. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real about it. Let's be real about it. Uh, so uh, yeah, things are going well. We had some great guests on the show all week, and then we've been to a few parties. Last night we kind of tamed it down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. We did a house. We have a, a great chef's kitchen downstairs. So I did a homemade uh, pasta meal. We had like a family meal with everybody here, um, and uh, we have more folks showing up this afternoon. We have actors yes. coming in the house, so this place will be fully stacked and packed before we get to our screening of Come Home uh, at five o'clock mm-hmm. at the last Shorts Block tomorrow. Five, yeah. Are you excited? Hell yeah. There's a little bit of nerves. I'm not gonna lie. Like it's we've we've gotten really positive responses so far, but like being in the crowd, you know, and then you're like sort of watching and listening to them react to the beats. I'm really curious to see how that's gonna. Feel I'm, also. Dude, look. I, let me just say this. I I'm not nervous at all. I'm really fucking cocky about it. I think our movie's the shit. Great. So I think it's gonna be great. So and we're balancing each other out. Your performance is phenomenal in it. Thank you. Um, and uh, hopefully we win some of our nominations. We're excited. Um, and uh, yeah. But I don't want to keep our guest waiting. You and I no, have been talking all let's week. Let's do it. Okay, so let me just say this first. Before we get started, there are certain rules that we're going to adhere to because we fully support SAG strikes. We fully support actors. And you've heard me as a director say this numerous times. I have nothing but the utmost respect for people that have the ability to stand in front of a camera, stand in front of a bunch of salty grips, and really transform themselves into something mm-hmm. beautiful and something amazing. I don't know how it's done. I try not to ruin it as a director as it happens. And I believe that those folks should be paid adequately because the truth of the matter is in order for me to make a movie, I need to have talent attached. And that's the Mm -hmm. first thing anybody says. You need to have talent attached in order to make your money back. Mm -hmm. So why the hell wouldn't we pay those folks what they need and what they deserve? And uh, come on, let's stop playing games. It's quite obvious what you guys are doing out there, producers. So um, that being said, we're not going to advertise any movies today. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about any characters' names. That's not why we're here. We're here to celebrate the process mm-hmm. of what our guest does. Big fans of our guest, big fans of the movies that we will not mention that my <laughs> guest today has done. And I am going to stay, st- like, we're going to stay on top of this. Yes, sir. All right. <laughs> One day longer, one day stronger. <laughs> Solidarity. Yeah. yeah. There, there was, yes, yes. Okay, so I'm, I'm already editing myself. You can hear it. You can hear it. Yeah. You can hear it. It's like fucking navigating barbed wire. <laughs> ow, 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 ow. <laughs> All right, so uh, joining us today is a legend in the horror world. Yeah, look at him. He's, he's yeah. blushing a little yeah. bit. Yeah. He's blushing yeah. a little you bit. kids. He's blushing a little bit. Um, Doug Jones is here. Hi. What's up, big dog? I'm great. And thank you for that pitch about, uh, about the SAG strike because it has been a tough way. It has been tough navigating mm-hmm. through yeah. um, 
I've, I've had to turn down several interviews like this uh, because they wanted to talk about my entire career. And yeah. without that, we didn't have a show. So I was like, oh, we can wait till after. So it's been, it's been problematic for sure. Mm. And also been problematic because, you know, I had a, uh, a recur- I'm a recurring character on a particular TV series that I can't talk about. And it, would just, it just aired all 10 episodes and I couldn't say a word about it while it was going. You, yeah. We, yeah. We've lost some promotion out of this too. Yeah. But we're not trying to punish the fans. I, do, I want to make that very clear that we're yep. not trying to punish uh, uh, or, or strike against the people who've been supporting us all these years, which is the, the, the audience, the fan. So uh, this has been, we're striking against the studio system that has, uh, that is with AI being a huge major problem for, yes. our, for our future. Mm-hmm. Yes. And with the residual structure for streaming, that's been, it's never been settled. It's never, they're still calling it new media this many years later. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So, so that, that's been the trouble. So thank you for going along with this today. It's going to be, it is going to be like <laughs> stepping on barbed wire. Not, not there, not there, not there. Ah, oh, <laughs> right. Oh gosh. Yeah. Well, you're in for a treat. I don't think you've ever been on a podcast like this. Like I'm a director and what, what ends up happening happening is, is we talk about process mm-hmm. so i'm not one of these guys i'm not chris farley from saturday night live that movie that you were in remember that movie remember how great it was yeah that was great right that yeah was that, was cool. yeah, that yeah. was cool <laughs> <laughs> it's not the show <laughs> um all right man so <clears throat> i got a lot of questions for you okay you know <coughs> so hope i have some answers yeah dude well okay. let's sort of start at the beginning for those of you uh who live in a cave and have never seen Doug do his work. I mean, you're 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 known for bringing uh, creature like creatures and prosthetic effects to life. And there's something as a horror film director myself. Uh, there's there's a magic that is uh, effects and practical effects. I love practical effects. It's my life, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But practical effects are dead until there is a soul within them, and, the, and there's mm-hmm. someone that moves within mm-hmm. them, and. Um, the big, the big challenge that I have as a director sort of dealing with that is like, how do we make practical effects look rad, first off? But second, how do we make them pliable enough? How do we make them so that the actor underneath can add all these subtleties? Because when you're in the edit room, that's what you're looking for, mm-hmm. are these like subtleties and these movements. Mm-hmm. Um, so how'd you, did you stumble into... No, oh, by accident. Yeah, I did not set out to be a rubber-clad monster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Never. That was not. I, I no. In my in my youth, uh, which was a long time ago. Oh, come on, I, uh, come I, on, not that long. Yo, ago. it was you, silly. I, I grew up watching uh, sitcoms. I did not watch mm. children's programming. I watched like you know nighttime primetime uh, sitcoms and variety shows like the Carol Burnett show and oh, yeah. and uh, and all all of the uh, anything that made me laugh or feel musical and tap my toes. That's what I wanted to do. So coming out to Hollywood land, I was like, that's what I'm after. I'll be the perfect, perfect goofy next door neighbor in a, in a sitcom because I'm not a romantic leading man. Let's be honest about this right now. <laughs> I know I had to be funny or scary when I started my career. And uh, so, so uh, 37 years later, I've been funny and scary just a lot. So anywho, but uh, the, being a six, three and a half and uh, 135 pounds, uh, there's, there's an oddity right there. And mm-hmm. then with a mime background, you've got uh, a, 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 a base in knowing your body and knowing how to use it. So creature effects, makeup people, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, like a, yeah. that's like a gold brick walking into the room like, ah! Yeah. So, um, so I, my, uh, my first... So hold, whoa, whoa, hold on. Yeah. You have a mime background? So you oh, I do. Mime? Yeah, yeah. Were you, I was, I was were you painted a, on white face. So like an annoying it. street mime that we're chasing people around? Mm. Yeah. Uh, ne- not by choice, ever. Uh, <laughs> I, no, I, did, I had a, a, a like a half hour, 45 minute show that I did. Oh, cool. Uh, with, I had various skits that I could 
piece together to make a show for after dinner entertainment for the Kiwanis Club, the Rotary Club, the Girl Scout Troop, the Boy Scout Troop, the church here, the school there, the parade. I did all that back in the Midwest. Oh, where, cool. where I grew up in Indiana. Uh, had my one man show, and uh, and then but bringing that skill set out to uh, Hollywood land. It went on your resume as a special skill, mime and contortionist. I can put my legs behind my head. Mm-hmm. Don't get started on that. It makes <laughs> we'll you very popular in certain circles. <laughs> you yeah, know, you know, we're just we're just warming up. We'll we'll dig into that soon. <laughs> I got to disarm you a little more you, first. You, you did mention a jacuzzi here, so I was just saying. Right? Uh, the second part shows. of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, when that's on your resume, though, that uh, my first agent sent me out on uh, it was. TV commercials what was how I got started. And yeah. so every commercial I went out on was something with physical tomfoolery attached to it. And those roles often come with a look. They just mm-hmm. glued onto you or painted onto you, right? So I met a lot of creature effects makeup artists through my first set of commercials. Those we can talk about because that's not the contract we're striking. Sure. So, uh, so one of my first big gigs was the, uh, my fourth commercial booking was within six months of starting as an actor was uh, the Mac Tonight campaign for McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Oh, weird. The Crescent Moonhead. Yeah. The, when the clock strikes. Hey! Uh, uh, that was me in the Moonhead. No and, shit. Yeah, and we, that campaign lasted for about three years. Oh, wow. And I ended up doing 27 commercials for McDonald's. Did you make some good bank on those? I bought my first house with McDonald's wow. money. Yeah, that's you know great, man. So, that's great. God Amazing. bless them, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and what that also afforded me was the chance to meet uh, many people in the creature effects world. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was uh, Steve Neal was a guy who worked out of his um, garage. So he was a kind of a, a, a one-man uh, you know, operation with creature effects. But they, so he would then borrow and hire people from the big shops like Rick, Rick Baker and Stan Winston and uh, all, all, uh, 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 Greg Canham. All the big shops would borrow people for our commercial shoots. I, mean, I did 27 commercials, so we borrowed a lot of people. Yeah. Never the same person twice kind of a thing. And uh, so I met a lot of creature people. And they would go back to these big shops and see a design coming for a movie they had coming up or a TV show they were pitching and be like, oh, we, I just worked with that tall, skinny alien. So let's give them a... So I started getting call, referral calls right off the bat. That's great, dude. But, right. So I... Thank, thank you. Yeah, it was... And it was kind of sidestepped the casting process. Right? Yeah. Because when, when you get to that... Uh, if you're making a monster movie, the producers don't always know exactly who to hire for that, how to get that actor. It always feels weird, yeah. Right. So... You go to the creature effects people. They know who can perform for them. They know that they right. they they know how their design should behave, should move, should um, you know what the heart and soul of that character is. So they they have a stockpile of, of actors they've worked with, and they'll give you a call at home. So that's kind of how I got started with that. So here's a little fascinating little side story that we can get on. So you talked about sidestepping the casting process, mm-hmm. right? And so. This is something that uh, many actors are trying to figure out. This is something that you've been dealing with recently, and yeah. it seems like... He's pointing to Lance right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not physical <laughs> descriptors. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, if you talk to casting folks, if you talk to people that are in this business, it's like, follow the rules, go through the process, mm-hmm. put your shit together, and it yeah. seems like anybody who actually really figures it out figures out a way not to follow the rules and sort of skirts around it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, right now, I, I haven't met a casting director in years. I get I get a lot of uh, directors that come looking for me. They go straight to my manager or, or even straight to me on social media. I If I like what I'm seeing, then I'll hand it off to the manager. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I don't know. 
I haven't auditioned in a long time, which it's, is a blessing, by the way. Well, <laughs> I'm to, not a good auditioner. Well, I mean, not to embarrass you, but you're an icon in this business. No. I mean, I was developing with SpectraVision on a thing, and immediately the producers were like, "He, Doug's great for this. We're going to try to call Doug for this thing. So, like, your name immediately mm -hmm. comes up. Did I get a call? Did I say no? What, I, well, what happened? what happened? COVID happened, and then... Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, ruined yeah. a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But, um, yeah, man. So, you like, you are the legend. and I mean, a lot of it has to do with how successful uh, the work with you and Guillermo has been well I, he's my favorite director i've ever worked with no offense to any other director out there <laughs> yeah, of course but, but and every time i mention that every director in the world goes oh no he's my favorite too yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. we all agree uh yeah, so I, I, yeah that was a that was kind of a, a fate he was doing his first american studio film which one yeah oh shit <laughs> ah, see <laughs> see what he just did already barbed right. barb wire he stepped right on it all right i have to make a note to blur that one out <laughs> no it's on it's on <laughs> son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be a game it is it's a game <laughs> so anywho <laughs> and that again was a referral from rick lazzarini's shop i got a call at home yep uh they were doing reshoots for the movie i, I was not uh, on the original shoot and uh, the movie is about to come out in three weeks. And can you come in for some pickup shots to, to mm. play the monster that, that, that was a, a tall, skinny Canadian actor? They have some trouble getting him to L.A. to do the reshoots. So how, who, out comes this tall, skinny Rolodex and Doug Jones is in there. So <laughs> that's how I got that call. Wow. Uh, and then that's how I met Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. And he, uh, he and I clicked right away. I was on that for three days. And uh, my second day was a green screen uh, in, in studio thing with a very skeleton crew he sat across the lunch table from me and put his chin in his hands and said don't tell me everything you've been in before <laughs> so i started talking about all my credits and he's like oh yeah he knew every makeup artist i'd ever worked with he knew of them at least and wanted yeah. to ask about like oh so i'm talking to this 12 year old boy basically tucked <laughs> yeah. in, a, in a large director's body <laughs> and he was just a, a fanboy. he loved creepy crawly monsters and we connected immediately so uh, then five years later, uh, they came back, look, uh, another creature person ca called me and said, hey, I got a director here who says he knows you. Yeah. And uh, uh, we're just talking about a movie. And so I, I saw it was a, a rather large comic book franchise. And um, so I came back uh, and met him again five years later. He still had my card in his wallet. And uh, so we reconnected. And uh, yeah, I've been I've done... Um, Six movies and a TV series with him over the last 26 years. Yeah, yeah that's wow. crazy, man. Yeah, he, and, he's a doll. Well, and the stuff that you guys did was incredibly innovative. It, it's like you were using like traditional Hollywood technology and yeah. tricks, but just in an innovative way and with all what, sorts of new, like uh, uh, polyurethane, like uh, all the new textures and stuff that enabled you yeah. to actually move and perform and all these yeah. things. Yeah, well, and you mentioned this very, very key thing. You talked about like the nuances and an actor has to bring this to life. Um, thank you for knowing that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, was when CG was introduced, uh, every, we all in in the creature effects part of the, part of the business were terrified. They're like, oh, there there goes our jobs, and it's going to be yeah. re rendered on a computer, and we're done. Uh, they tried that for a while. The shops did go did go dark during the the advent of of CGI, and. Um, what they found was that audiences weren't responding to the creatures nearly as much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, people want to see. People like watching other people, even yeah. if they're clad in rubber and going, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so you find you find that uh, that a, a human performance really does connect with an audience way better. Um, now CG has come a long way, and it's, it's, it's I don't want to ever poo poo that art form because it is indeed an art form, and it's getting better all the time. So what we find is that like 
the nuances and subtleties you're talking about. If you have something on that, that is a, a face or a, a mask that, that the actor cannot manipulate himself, yeah. which I've worn many of those, where it's a, more of a slip-on helmet that snap, snap, Velcro, and it's got mechanical bits in the, in the face maybe, you might have, you might have uh, uh, you know, puppeteers that can, that can you know, express and move the face for you but um, you, if, if but if it's too tight, like uh, I don't, know, I can't mention titles, but I've done yeah. a couple, couple of uh, of fishmen, yeah, yeah, exactly. in my career, mm-hmm. yeah. and those those were were tight to the face. There was no room inside that makeup to put mechanics, so that would be a CG enhancement. But maybe they make the eyes express subtly, yeah. and they follow my performance, uh, and and so we kind of work in concert with each other, yeah. And with it, that's that's a perfect blend when you have CG enhancements on a practical makeup. Yeah, well, that's, two worlds can work together. I will say this, man. Like the the, the fish stuff that <laughs> yeah, you've done. Thank you. Um, the the thing I remember the most, like if I think about your performance, the thing I remember the most is your hand work. Yeah, is your work with oh, your absolutely. hands. Absolutely. And how the was almost like I mean, it also helps how Guillermo like cuts things and how amazing he's mm-hmm, with his editing. Mm-hmm. But it, it was you almost adds you added this elegance. And uh, almost like a like a symphony of movement oh, thank you. to wow. this character that uh, you know makes him very memorable to me. And and, and of course, like he looked cool, and yeah. all the colors mm-hmm. look cool, yeah. and, he, and he's lit really fucking cool. Right, yeah. But uh, as a director, that's the kind of stuff that you're like you're looking for. Like when when mm. I'm in the edit room and I'm cutting things, I'm looking for like these just these weird little subtle things and mm-hmm. oftentimes when i'm building out a sequence it'll be something that you do first that will mm-hmm. trigger everything else and then it's designed beyond that so i think that's the difference between practical and cg for directors and for me is that you know the difference is you and i communicate so we sit in a room and i'm like doug can you add a little bit more nuance to what it is that you're doing and you go and you play as mm-hmm. opposed to me having to write an email to 40 fucking cg artists and like right. go through this back and forth sort of corporate thing it's quicker when you can give direction to an actor yes yeah <laughs> that, and you yeah. feel more connected to it yeah you know yeah, what i mean yeah. you're not sitting in a screening room going he's like oh he's gonna look like that no we have to send mm-hmm. the render off to china and then it'll come yeah. back and <laughs> right, right, right. you know what i mean yeah del toro he's, he's a lover of the of the classic monsters and he's the one who actually brought back uh the monster that can be a leading man or lady and um can have can have a heartfelt storyline and hundred percent have sympathetic storyline right and the monster might be a human in the movie instead yeah. and and the, the creature is is really someone we connect with and brings more humanity to the story mm. than, than the horrible you know human yeah yeah <laughs> right. yeah hundred percent I'm curious when you go when you're going into sort of build this character out that you're gonna play do you already have an idea of what that costume is going to be like so then you can tailor to that or do you have to figure that out prior then show up and go okay this is what i'm putting on this how do i adjust to this well let me tell you about the typical the typical progression of things in 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 a movie that i've been offered Mm -hmm. uh first thing first things first i want to see the script Mm right right any actor should read the whole script if they can uh even if your part is is two pages of that script you want to read know the story you're playing in and the world you're playing in so I, i get uh, I get most like so much from the writer, right? All the all the uh, they'll describe the character in words, and you go like, oh, okay, I can picture that, and they'll describe in the script like like what that creature does, um, and how it interacts with other characters, and how, uh, and sometimes they have massive amounts of dialogue, sometimes they don't have any uh, verbal dialogue, but you still have to have to see where you are in the story so you can create your visual dialogue if you need to, right? Mm-hmm. So you get all that from the script. 
Then next thing I want to do is sit down with the director and have a powwow of like, what, how would you see telling the story? How do you see my, my part in that story? Are there any nuances, subtleties, um, idiosyncrasies, behavioral patterns that you want to see out of this? Del Toro is great with that, by the way. I love my sit downs with him. Yeah, it must be amazing. Oh, my, he's just a genius. Yeah. And he's hilarious. So uh, you laugh and you get, go, you get inspired all at the same time. Uh, and then you, what I would like to do is go to a, like a 24 hour fitness or something at mm -hmm. late at night when the classes are done and use that whole aerobics room with the glass, uh, the, the, uh, mirrors and the floor and just stand there in my shorts and t-shirt going, okay, so where do we start with his posture? Where do we start with his mm, gesture? Very cool. Yeah. So that's just me by myself. Like what I, what I, from what I've read and, and talked about. Then comes the creature design, right? So I, I often get concept art, which is mm. just a, a, an artist's rendering of what this creature is going to look like. So you get like a lot of information from that, like, oh, I see, where, you know, your limbs might not be in the right place, your eyeballs are missing, or, you know, something. <laughs> you get a lot from that, like, mm, this is going to be a tough Multiple one. Multiple eyeballs. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. So, um, so uh, uh, then... Uh, so you kind of I kind of tailored that my, my rehearsal time with that drawing or whatever and then then the, the when the fittings begin and the test makeup start that's when you get like oh okay so if you if you've rehearsed something with your arms flailing up high in the air above your head and the suit only lets you bring them up to your shoulders mm -hmm. you have to change the the, mm. the uh, ecosystem of this creature right. that you've come up with based on what the because the look that gets put on you it, it informs an awful lot too right mm -hmm. yeah. well hold on hold on so this is interesting so when you talk about because i i envisioned it so when you talk about going to the gym mm -hmm. you're standing there in front oh, of oh this mirrors. has happened yeah and so are you do you ever have <laughs> because for me it, it would be like if i was trying to light a set and i walk on the sort of this empty set and i'm like mm -hmm. all right mm -hmm. and I, it took me forever to sort of figure out where to start and mm -hmm. how to get the motivations for that do you look at yourself in that mirror and see like are you ever intimidated by trying to figure out who you're going to become oh heck yeah especially for me and, and del toro has even said this about me personally <clears throat> he has another another uh, uh, actor in his, in his pocket, uh, Brian Steele, that he has said he's he's compared Brian Steele and me to each other many times, and he's we're, we have been his two favorite uh, creatures in his whole litany of movies. Um, he said, uh, but he likes my elegant subtleties. He likes Brian's um, uh, aggressive. Uh, intimidation mm -hmm. right so brian's he's mm -hmm. the he's been big bigger monsters that and uh, with fight scenes and i'm more like you know hello <laughs> you know what i mean so <laughs> yeah so to the yeah so it can be intimidating when you're standing there going okay so wow when i when i have a, a creature that or a, or a character that has to get more aggressive or more intimidating or more scary because yeah. uh, that's not a part of my who I am as a person. I'm, yeah. I'm more like a golden retriever. <laughs> so when I have to play a, a pit bull, it's like, okay, I got yeah. to channel something I don't have. <laughs> yeah, just like slamming your toes in the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Angry. Oh, get angry. Ah! Curses, I say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, but uh, you know, but I like I said, I had a career of funny and scary, so I have been scary many a time. Mm, and yeah. um, and so it's a, we all have it in us. I think the actors have a full set of emotions. And, mm -hmm. 
and uh, personality types we can tap into. It's like I, I think of it as a, a paint palette. Yeah. We have all the colors on there. It, what you dip your brush into that day is up to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I tend to like the lighter, happier colors as a person, mm-hmm. but I've played the darker, more ugh, <laughs> evil colors. Yeah. Uh, it's all there if you just uh, allow it. And, and movie making is a safe place to, to, to dip that brush into that color. You know? Yeah, yeah. You're in a controlled environment where you're not going to hurt people, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right. <clears throat> so you. Because I've got friends that have done uh, effect stuff and, and, and mask stuff. We did a movie together where you had to wear a mask for the yes. whole time. He's playing the Lance again. Yeah. Yes. Lance. <laughs> sorry, sorry. This is not a visual show. <laughs> I love how Doug's already called me out on three things on the show. He's like, ah, 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 right, all right. Um, but uh, it must get lonely when you put that mask on, right? When you actually like are on. Because sets take fucking forever and everything yeah. takes forever. Yeah, You're yeah, sitting yeah. around. It must. It, mm. Two things. It must get lonely when you put that mask mm-hmm. on. But it also... It, there's like a physical endurance that, and sort of like a mental endurance that you have to go through for yeah. all that, right? And, and you know, the, the the misconception is that the makeup process is the hardest part of your day. That's what I hear from most people. How, how long did that take? Yeah. And I would go nuts if it were me. I hear that a lot. And for me, it's like, no, that's my favorite part of my day. I get to sit still while all the makeup artists scurry around it mm-hmm. and putting me together. Uh, the hardest part is a 12-hour shoot beyond that makeup yeah. time and, yeah. and keeping your energy up and keeping your... Uh, uh, and I may have made the mistake a couple times of inter- uh, you know, because when actors are sitting around in the green room area or in the set chairs between set uh, setups, uh, camera setups, uh, there's a lot of tomfoolery that can go on, right? Mm-hmm. You know, social time. Hey, let's look, watch this on YouTube. Ah, uh, you play games or whatever. And so I, I can't participate in that because I've tried before. And all my energy is spent with the socialization, and then I yeah. get to camera, and it's like, oh god, I'm so exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of, I'm the guy in the corner with my head tilted against the wall, trying to catch a nap while everybody's playing. Yeah. And, for, and that is lonely. It is lonely. Yeah. 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 Cause yeah. I was because it's like there's so much physical stress that goes on, especially mm-hmm. if you're wearing any sort of mechanical stuff. If you have, like, if your creatures like uh, moving in different ways. Like I had a friend that was doing one recently. Our buddy Ian was doing it and he was like had to position himself in this creature and he was like bent over the whole time mm-hmm. and then it was like terrible ventilation because it was like i think it was a lower budget piece so mm-hmm. you know and then i think a lot of the crew folks just don't realize because they haven't worn that thing and so yeah. you're sitting around just sort of you know microwaving in a, in a <laughs> yeah. latex outfit. we did a, a shoot with uh it was this commercial shoot and there was uh, supposed to be a yeti in the commercial mm-hmm. and this, uh real big guy put him in this massive suit and we had to like keep like taking little breaks, you know, because it's we're in a fucking soundstage, so it's hot as hell, and it's yeah. this big fur costume. And I remember just like at a certain point, getting towards the end of the day, and being like, "I think we, should we stop fucking shooting because I think he's he needs a, a like an actual break, like a it's done for the day break." And they <laughs> they they wanted to get bits of him dancing, and they did like one long take, and was like, "Just just keep dancing and trying different things." Oh, now spin, now spin, now do this. Oh, now do the kicks again. Now spin again. Now keep dancing. And it got to the point where he literally fell down. Uh, yes, like just flat out exhaustion. And then yeah. everyone was like, "Yay!" and clapping and taking videos. I'm like, D- "Can we maybe go over and He's take about the fucking mask off of him?" Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I get that we're all glad and shaking hands and happy we did it, but mm-hmm. there's still a human in that suit. It's not an actual Yeti. Yeah, yeah. I, I was in that situation uh, once. Uh, there was a movie with uh, Vince Vaughn, Jonah Hill, um, uh, uh, and um, wait, and Ben Stiller. And I was an alien in this particular mm-hmm. film, and mm-hmm. the, uh, and same thing. Uh, the director was had a and I had an earpiece, and the director mm-hmm. was kind of like doing this in my ear the entire time. Uh, yeah, okay, squat one more time, okay, not like that. And he was trying to explain to me why that was wasn't working. 
while the camera's rolling. No, that doesn't work because you, you know, you, 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 <laughs> so try it like this. So it's all going on in my ear. And, and it was a squatty position I was in. So my thighs, were, I got skinny legs. And so after a while of this, I was like, my knees started shaking. I was like, I'm mm. about to. So I, I, I was on the floor at one point and couldn't get back up. For, and the camera was still rolling. It's like, okay, you got take into account that I'm a, I weigh 135 pounds sure. and I'm wearing 50 of those, of yeah. sure. you know, or whatever. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Can, they can freak cause you look so, it, it, it looks so alive and so healthy and so intimidating and strong, but there yeah. is a, a human in there that's trying to make it <laughs> right. look like that. Right. Yeah. Is, yeah. I just imagine when, when you're done and you're rapping, they have to like birth you out of these suits, like Jim Carrey out of the back of the yeah. rhino and Do Ace know, Ventura. Every time I come out of a makeup, I have this thing right, the, where the, when the last piece of rubber is, is unglued and, and pops off, I say, it's a boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a thing. That's a thing. That's, that's great. That's, it's kind of my, my, my shtick. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, man. okay. Well, the, the, you brought up something interesting, and we'll, we'll dig a little deeper into this. Like, um, I feel like there's all sorts of different directing styles, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like there are directing styles. Like when you're dealing with actors, we talked about this when we just recently did this piece. Uh, that the new one, it was a product of uh, us fighting against depression, and us. We literally just made this piece in our garage, which is amazing. Yeah. And, and it it really came about from me uh, relearning how to direct actors, and Lance wanting to learn how to build characters, and so I it changed my whole language as a director with actors, and it became this whole thing. And I think some folks forget uh, that when you're dealing with characters or like uh, monster creations. It, it becomes very technical because you may have all these cables running into it and there's a bunch of puppeteers that are doing there and then mm -hmm. they start to communicate the same way you would communicate with a with a gaffer on set where it's like mm -hmm. can he turn that down like 15% or mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. bend over 15% mm -hmm. like does that start to get fucking annoying with you Do, would you prefer to be directed like an actor is directed and less directed like a monster is directed or like what's the process for you well I am an actor so I do yeah. want to be directed like an actor uh, um, that's that's first and foremost and um um, yeah, what hmm. the worst direction I've ever gotten was on a TV commercial where the entire, but I was a human in this and the, uh, I've been a human all along in various things. I really have. And I'm doing more of that now, now that I'm 63 years old, I'm, I'm wanting to turn a page and do more. I'm it, human characters interest me more at this point. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, but, um, for the right money, I'll still do the monster. Trust me. But, <laughs> but especially have to get out of this strike. Okay, okay, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but, uh, but it was a TV commercial, and I was, uh, I was, I uh, using my contortion skills. I had my legs behind my head in the, uh, in the back of a Porsche. Uh, they were showing like how uh, how a Nissan had way more room in the back seat. It was a big, fu a funny sight gag, and. Um, I looked over at this Nissan as it was passing us in the Porsche, and I kind of gave a gave it like a yeah I know expression, uh, yeah your car's better whatever, <clears throat> and and the uh, TV commercials are layers of, of decision makers on the set with mm -hmm. you. You've got you've got the production company that's been hired, so that's where your director and your, and, and a production produ uh, producer. Yep. And then the level above them is the advertising agency yep. that hired them. So they've also got their copywriters and their uh, producers and whatnot from the agency. And above them is the product people, whether it's you know whatever corporation or whatever has hired the ad agency that hired the production company. They're all on set watching a monitor with like ideas and you know they'll want to prove yeah. why they're there. And Oversight like, yeah. committee. Oh my gosh. And so the director, poor director, has like layers of people giving suggestions. And can you get him to... So this director comes over to me um, uh, after a few takes of this and uh, said, um, 
Doug, uh, they would like to see that crease in your in your, the side of your smile when you do that again. Can you get that crease to show up again? What the fuck does what, that mean? What crease? Uh, I have no idea what I was doing. Um, so <laughs> yeah, that, that was terrible like, note. yeah. So that was like I'm a piece of clay. Can you yeah. direct that? Yep. They yeah. were directing a piece of clay as opposed to giving me some kind of motivation. As in, you know, what what brought that emotion? That what, that crease was the uh, was the result of a, an expression mm. that came from an emotion. And it's get me started on the right path with that. Right. But then also, there's other times where you do need some technical direction. Um, uh, and, and, and I've had directors try to make it an, an emotional choice when I, they really, uh, uh, they have me framed in a tight shot. Yep. And I have to do something uh, to like, I'm coming alive and my arms have to stretch out, right? But my hands are going out of the frame. Right, of course. Yeah. Right. I want to know that. Give, yep. give me that technical note instead of, Doug, uh, he's, he's happy to be alive and he's stretching, but he, he, but he has a, a something, you know, keeping him, <laughs> you know, closer to, uh, to his, uh, he's not fully expressed yet. Or something, and, I'm, and I can't follow that. I'm like, what? Why would I yeah, do that? Yeah. Let me know that I have to stay within a certain yeah. frame. Let me come up with that motivation to stay there, mm-hmm. to sure. keep, keep it close to the head or whatever it is, right? Yeah. So there's, there's a balance. There's a balance to all of it. I laughed because I was that asshole director when I was a kid. Were you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I laughed because I did a lot of commercials, man. And commercials are such a weird place to... Uh, navigate when you're creative no matter what even if you're a director and it took me years to realize like look this is completely different than filmmaking Mm. they don't really give a shit about Mm. anything that I'm bringing to the table other than like I feel like uh, most advertising agencies and creatives are like we don't know how to communicate with actors so as long as you do everything we fucking Mm. want and we'll put it through to you and you go talk to the actor yeah yes yeah Yeah, you get that and performance wise (laughs) it's so different as well like I remember doing this commercial in mass right before going to LA and like you're looking at like the previous work you do and like oh again the emotions and motivations in the commercial mm-hmm. like it's just like somebody kicks open a door and goes say it like this oh, okay yes. line reading say it like worst. that and it keeps it open no more like this but that's what I was doing before that's when, that. that's when okay. you go hey why don't you come fucking do it no, yeah <laughs> no yeah when you have a director in your face giving you a melody to a line yeah you're like, mm, uh, I wouldn't have come up with that and they're worse yeah. actors than you are so you're like oh really? <laughs> do you want me to be that bad that's yeah. the last thing you want me to see before the camera rolls really yeah yeah, yeah. yeah okay yeah not not good, not good. listen we're, we're a bunch of dumb animals we learn eventually yes that's right there's another actor on the show now Mike you're fucked that's yeah. right uh, team you're, up uh, you're outnumbered Mikey yeah, all week it's been all directors against Lance so yeah, 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 yeah. I'm here all, for you Lance baby thank you Doug thank enjoy you. it Finally. enjoy it enjoy it yeah man so like that's that, that, I feel like that was uh, a change for me it was sort of a coming of age thing mm-hmm. for me it was just and my big joke that I say on the show all the time is that when I was younger, I always saw actors as like a little cluster of unicorns that I didn't want to scare away. You know? Oh, you know? yeah. And it's just like, what are they doing? You know, throw some Skittles. But, you know, now I've sort of figured this out and I really fucking enjoy it. And, and, and I think filmmaking is like this blend of like being able to figure out visuals and tell stories like uh, with visuals because it's a visual medium and I sure. firmly, firmly believe it if yeah. you have two people talking to each other make a fucking radio show <coughs> but like uh, it's it's like taking all that energy and figuring out how to communicate and how to paint a picture with your brushes but then at the mm-hmm. same token like you end up learning how to be empathetic you learn how to be a therapist mm-hmm. and you learn how to you know be a babysitter essentially yeah. and um, that takes time and life experience and it's no surprise to me that our greats don't become greats until they're in their 40s and stuff because they've had loss they've raised kids they've done right. all this stuff right right, right. right. yeah uh, uh, to address that 
too. Uh, a director like Guillermo del Toro, one of, one of the many things that makes him my favorite, is that he um, he is a personality absorber. He when he meets you, he sums you up and and it gets your 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 vibe and. Uh, and um, so he creates like a set of buttons on every actor and he knows what to push to get what out of us. So oh, fascinating. Different from each other. There's a lot of psychology in acting, as you know. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so every actor responds and, and brings things up from different places. So we're not all exactly the same. So Guillermo, he, he finds our thing and then will direct us differently from each other on the same set next to each other you know uh, I noticed it in a, a particular set of movies I did um, <laughs> with Ron Perlman and Selma Blair so there's three three very different people standing right in front of you yeah right? a couple of independent films on those ones right those are small movies couple indies yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one so but Ron Perlman's like a gruff cigar smoking beer drinker yeah, right yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm more of a, of a golden retriever and Selma is more of a sassy pants um, you know uh, um, emotional person and uh, yeah, highs and lows all in the same, within minutes of each other. So directing us is, oh, wow. So he knows if he makes me laugh, uh, I'll, I'll, find, I'll find myself like, okay, I'll fix it. Uh, 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 in part two of this movie series, he, um, uh, he, was doing a, he was doing a shot where it was a, it was a dolly track going around me. It was, so it was uh, like a half circle, uh, a crescent shape that the camera was on. And he was, uh, he was tracking around me while I did a piece of business. It was a non-dialogue uh, scene mm -hmm. and I was putting some things together and uh, he was just gonna do this one camera shot from my left side all the way around me to the, my right side and had nothing to cut away to. So he needed a pacing to it. Yeah. And the first, the first take I did, I was, I guess, doing too much too slow. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he yells, cut! Doug Jones, you are boring me to tears. <laughs> and so I knew what to, <laughs> that was it. That was my direction. <laughs> uh, and then, I love it, man. Right, right, right. And uh, so Ronnie, he's more of a like, you know, uh, kind of like a punch to the shoulder and, you know, guy talk. And then mm -hmm. Selma Blair, uh, there was one moment where she was supposed to get, be getting upset with Jeffrey Tambor, also yeah. in our movie. Mm -hmm. um, and she was supposed to be like, you know, uh, having a, a a little, little um, what do you call it? Uh, a moment with him that was more sandpapery. Like they were, they were rubbing each other the wrong way. Yeah, abrasive. Yeah, right. Abrasive. Thank you. Abrasive. And so, uh, so Guillermo wasn't getting a, a quite enough in this one moment from Selma, and so he went up to her and quietly pushed on her elbow, and he said, "Push back." So she's like aggressively. They're, they're having a little physical push pushing moment where it's like mm. you mother effer you know that kind of a thing yeah. Yeah. and now let's get back to it action right smart smart so smart, smart. Uh, you know, he's a genius and so he, he knows how to approach his, his actors uh, he's also an absorber of art uh, another thing I like about him is that he is he loves and, and, and is a great audience member for literature music uh, yeah. dance Film, TV, yes, and uh, and and sculptures, paintings. He's taken in all. Our, that's why his production designs are always so fascinating. He supposedly has. He has a house somewhere. He has a couple of them. Uh, uh, he calls them uh, Bleak House, right? Where he yeah. has collected all artwork that some from his movies and some from just because he loves the art. You yeah. know, so cool. Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. So cool. Yeah. Yeah, I've always wanted to meet him. Yeah. I mean, someday we'll we'll meet. Just sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 It's gonna happen. Yeah. Don't, don't don't placate me. <laughs> no, no, you could. You don't know. I don't know. <laughs> don't placate me. Yeah. It's, it's my, I, and I've sat next to him in a lot of meet and greets with the public. We've done a lot of uh, press junkets together and a lot of uh, convention appearances together where there's a line formed and we're signing a poster or something. 
And when I'm sitting next to him, I have a lot of young filmmakers come up to him and like, so Guillermo, I, I want to do what you do one day. I want to be like you. I want to direct your, your kind of story. I love your storytelling. Do you have any advice? Uh, and that's a t- always a tough question to answer on the fly when you've got like a 30 seconds with somebody, mm-hmm. some advice. Do good, kid. You know, what do you <laughs> yeah. say? So uh, Guillermo has said before, uh, don't go to film school. Yeah. And I'm, oh, I was like, well, are you kidding? Education is everything, isn't it? Yeah. And, uh, uh, but he, not for a Del Toro. If you're yeah. if you're a genius, uh, me, me, he said, save your hundred thousand dollars and uh, get a good camera. Get yep. your friends together. Make your own freaking movie. Right. Yep. That'll mm-hmm. be that'll be all the education <laughs> that yeah. you need. Yeah. And uh, and you 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 learn from your errors and you learn from your mistakes and and uh, and then by the end of it you have a product that you can sell. That's yeah, a good yeah, idea. That's yeah. a big that's a deal. Good idea. That's we that's our mantra on the show. We talk about it all the time. Like mm-hmm. film school's great for folks that live out in the middle of nowhere and they have absolutely no industry and right, no people. Right, right. It's a great way to go and right. get yourself in and most likely you'll hang out with those people and probably move in with those people. And you get a, you mm-hmm. get a circle of people you can depend on later in life. Exactly. Yeah, right. That's where you meet them all. Yeah. Really great for those folks. Yeah, it can if, be. Yeah. If you live in a spot that has some sort of industry and there's tax incentives all over this country. Mm-hmm. There are now. Like before you decide that you want to go to film school, go apply to be a PA and just go mm-hmm. be a PA on a set. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. watch how it changes everything. For you. Yeah. Change right. your perspective on everything. Yeah, yeah. I had a question for you. You were talking about press junkets a second ago. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm wondering what's that process or that experience like for you where you're seen as the creature so often it's been an uphill battle yeah yeah what, <laughs> like, is that motivating sort of your push towards getting more into being the the man as opposed to the creature yeah <laughs> well uh no the, the push to the push to to um kick the rubber to the side is uh, is that i'm 63 and the older mm-hmm. i get the older the process gets mm-hmm. yeah um and uh, uh but no the, the press junkets have been good to me now um when i started as as an actor uh that the the monster in the movie was kind of um well, they wanted to talk to the stars. Yeah, they wanted to talk mm-hmm. to, the, to, the, to the human recognizable faces. That makes a good press junket. Mm-hmm. And the guy in the suit, oh, what do we do with him? I don't know. Yeah, right. What do we call him? I don't know. Yeah. So I, I kept, uh, I'm the one who has been pressing. I'm an actor. I'm a part of the cast. That's why mm-hmm. my name is in the credits. Smart. Um, and, uh, and I've hired publicists to get me in with the studio publicists to make sure that we're all aware that Doug is available for interviews and will be a part of this process. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So, um, that's been very good for me, I, and that's if I if I've done anything good for the creature folks out there, it's it's getting us invited to that table, you know. Um, so now, when when a movie comes out that I'm in, I, I'm very much a part of the press junk, and the journalists do want to talk to me now, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they didn't always understand what what, what was happening. So interview after interview, uh, press junket after press junket, I, I I had to help prove that we're part of the story and we're an actor like everybody else mm-hmm. in the cast, and and. Uh, yeah. So, well, dude, let me say, I think it's I think it's awesome that you're trying to get your face on screen. I think it's great, man, because you're a fascinating person to look at. No, seriously, thank and, you. I mean, that's that's what we do as directors, right? Yeah. Ultimately, we cast people that we like to look at. That's instantly yeah. what it comes down for to. for whatever reason, right? Well, well because right. the audience has to fucking look at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like an hour and a half. <laughs> that's the reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but but I th- I think that's great, and and. What I find fascinating about your work is exactly what I said. It, what, what, when I think of your work, I don't think of you in some sort of fish head outfit. I don't think of you doing that stuff. I think of the way you move. Mm. And I think that's really nice, man. I think, yes. I, dude, I, I put you in something. I, just because of the movement, because yeah. of all that stuff, I think it's really great. Well, you know what, what changed things for me in, in the public eye with, uh, with getting my face recognized in public was... Uh, 
Shoot. I just oh, did it. Barbed wire. Barbed wire. Barbed wire. Barbed wire. Okay. Now I got to make a fucking okay. note. I got to make a note. Okay. 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 Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing so good, Lance. I was. <laughs> I'm literally writing down 46 bleep. Okay, 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 okay. So let me start that that thought over again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what changed things for me in the in the press and the and the, the having my face recognized uh, was um, a particular foreign film that uh, when it came out in the states, I was the only American actor in it that spoke English as a first language. So they came to me for a lot of the press on that, mm. and I was also invited to the Oscars to work the red carpet for that, and uh, it was oh, that was a tr- a dream come true. And uh, so, so uh, uh, a couple times that's been where, um, by the time we got to, uh, and that was a Del Toro movie, by the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, so I was being interviewed by major press outlets, and um, and so when people see your face in an interview, and then can marry that to a, a movie that they're watching, or, and then a lot of the press that I did in later years now, uh, when another. Oscar-winning movie of Del Toro's came out. <laughs> okay. uh, uh, they were doing a lot of pieces on me where it's like you haven't seen his face, but he's been in this many movies and this this title, that title. That's good. And then, so that's a uh, yeah. They, people could then see me being interviewed as a human and, and then marry me to that movie, that movie, that movie over the years. And be like, oh my gosh! So I'm getting recognized in the airports more now than I ever used to. That's great, man. Yeah, that's yeah, really so great. It's been a, been a positive thing. Yeah, that's great. And you've been working for a while, man. That's awesome. 37 years, which is weird because I'm only 36. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Strange. Yeah, strange. So like right? you, you just pop right out. time, right? Yeah, it's like it moves differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just came, you came right out of the oven ready to work. Okay. <laughs> we're just like, it's a boy. <laughs> it's a boy. And he's on film. Yeah. Well, um, so uh, I, regardless, I mean, it seems like you had a pretty, uh, pretty wild way into this career, but the career has got its ups and downs, right? Like sometimes mm-hmm. you're working, sometimes you're not working. Anybody, right? yeah, yeah. So like, how do you, when, you, when you're not working and you, it starts to get dark, how do you get through all that stuff? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've had years where there's a, you know, you work for a month and you're kind of like off for another four months and then you get another gig. And so, yeah, it's up and down. Uh, uh, first of all, financially, be a good saver because uh, mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of young actors make this mistake where they get a good gig and they spend like they're always going to be on that good gig, mm-hmm. and that good gig ends, and you're like, uh, can I borrow some money from my phone bill? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I've always been like a, a squirrel who puts the stores the acorns for sure, um, and uh, and also oh, <clears throat> I don't define myself by my career That's as a, as a human. Mm-hmm. This is very important where, uh, again, a young actor mistake can be that you, that you, your validity as a human, your, your, um, and your reason to be on earth is the is showbiz and that's going to let you down. Showbiz is yeah. going to, it's a very mm-hmm. fickle date. Uh, uh, they'll, they'll drop you for the next young, pretty thing. Yeah. Showbiz is, is a horrible dater. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's not somebody you want. So if you, if you, all your relationships are based on, uh, you know, your, your, um, your career, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then the career goes away. Then what are you? You're suicidal. You're turning to drugs. Mm-hmm. You're doing the things that we've seen actors do before, which is a very unfortunate. 
So for me, having a very strong family life, home life, my faith in God, I mean, all kinds of things that make me a human being, mm-hmm. uh, I rest on that. And then and the, the acting gigs are like, oh, what a nice surprise. You know, if you look at it, so <laughs> yeah. I, I flip flop and make, make my career not the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. That was a hard thing for me, too. And it, it took me a while and, and I got advice from somebody and they're like, what's your hobby? And I go, well, I watch movies and they're like, that's part of it. Yeah, like, yeah, what yeah. Is yeah. What, outside. I read comic books. Yeah, I do that. It's like, what's your, what's your hobby? Um, and it took me a while, but I really got into, I mean, I love cooking. I love cooking. Mm-hmm. And for me, making a meal is making a mini movie. You know, it's a faster turnaround time, same kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I got real deep in uh, into barbecuing, into smoking and all that yeah. kind of stuff, which is great. And now that's the thing. So I'll go in for general meetings and talk to people about stuff and yeah. we'll talk barbecue for right like 40 minutes right, and right. It, it like i and it keeps me fucking sane it really does it, i mean it keeps my cholesterol high but it, keeps, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it keeps me sane <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it humanizes those encounters you have with other people because then you get to talk about something other than the business yeah and it's wonderful seeing the way people light up if you happen to or even the way that you feels for yourself if mm-hmm. you happen to have something in common that's unrelated because you go oh like another actor that i get to talk to about this thing or yeah. Yeah, you know yeah. the director who actually likes barbecuing now you're getting a different kind of experience experience and you go oh i like you i I Mm. like you as a person and i don't have a fucking clue what it is about your career stuff yet but like i know i like you right now Mm -hmm. and okay well cool this is a friendship that's forming and maybe somewhere down the road you go hey we should work on a thing together because you are now you're just like i just want to work with you because i like hanging out with you have a relationship in place right yeah yeah and let me just say here for all of you taking notes you don't do it intentionally to be better at the business you do it to make yourself feel better and you do it to Mm -hmm. make your life better and then the side effect of that is that you're a happier person and you're not depressed and you aren't you know you checking into the chateau moment you know right right I, yes yeah. well, real real life experiences out there make us better artists for sure because yeah. we, we draw from real life around us uh, uh to make that art yeah, right? yeah, yeah 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 well you seem like a happy guy dude That's I'm, I'm pretty asking. okay yeah thanks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well you know uh, the uh, uh the pandemic was it was a, a time to, to test all this right yeah, when the business true. shut down for a long time and and, we, and i put my luggage away for the first time in years and uh, I, I pulled out my laptop and started writing a novel. That's something I hadn't done before. So I'm going to try oh, that. You know? yeah. That's yeah. great, dude. That's mm. great. And if you're smart, like you said, you do your savings game. That's the only yeah. way to survive, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. you're, you, yeah. you got to be real smart about your taxes. You got to be real smart about everything. Mm-hmm. You do. It's part of the reason why I do this podcast. Now everything's write-offable. Okay. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, but, but like, you know, like if you're smart about that stuff, then it takes the stress off of saying yes or no to jobs too, which yeah. is a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, I'm at a, yes, I'm at a comfortable place now where I don't have to take everything because of finances, right? Yeah. I have the luxury of saying no if it doesn't sing to me. Yeah. And yeah. that changes that changes everything, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. initially, especially when you're younger, you're like, "Fuck, the landlord's up my ass." I gotta. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it? My my criteria for doing a, a movie back in the day was, "Does it pay?" And how, and how much? Right. <laughs> and, and now it's like I can I can consider: Is it a story I want to help tell? Is it a character mm-hmm. that sings to me? Is it something I really want to put my efforts into? And you know, yeah, yeah. it makes cool. a big difference too. Because like I remember seeing your, I'm gonna think how to say this: your fantasy movie that was in the woods. <laughs> 
<laughs> if that's if that was with Guillermo, if that yeah. if that okay. gets to okay. it, my, hand, my hands floating over <laughs> yeah, the beat yeah, button yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just do the explosion sounds. Um, and I remember seeing that um, I was taking a Spanish class at the time, and they showed us that movie. It's as been played way. in a lot of Spanish classes. Yeah, I, I get, I get, yeah. And then finding out later on in life that and you were English first language speaker, and then like that whole process of what it was. But your character is what drew me into that movie. Oh. Like on our street, our little group of friends. It was always going back to that movie because of that character mm-hmm. and there was just something so mystifying about it and so thinking about as an actor when you're making the choice like what role am i playing and then go like ima- just realizing like the impact that that has like the far reaching that it does of like the kid watching the movie and going oh my god like what is this what am i experiencing right now mm-hmm. you know like i think it's great that you're able to be in a position where you can make the choices of okay what really sings to me as you said mm-hmm. you know because mm-hmm. there, there is the impact that it has mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah thank you for that yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so so if anyone's out there listening wants to pitch me a movie it better sing to me I'm yeah. just saying, I'm just, <laughs> may, 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 sing your pitch to me there you go sing, that's, yeah, that's it <laughs> let's, now let's, you're gonna be in la and just get sung to all the time, all the time. Like, why the fuck did i go on that show <laughs> I love it. That's what's happening. Yeah. Well, I mean, so this must be an interesting experience for you, right? Because you're coming to like a, a genre festival, right? Yeah. It's all like young directors. Oh, yeah. People that are like really sort of like pushing the envelope mm-hmm. and trying to make something I fun. love independent film directors I, and filmmakers in general, the producers, the writers, all of it. Uh, and this festival is, is, well, this festival has a, a, a strong place in my heart because I was at their very first one back in 2014. Mm. And they awarded me a, a, a legacy award like a lifetime achievement award i was only 54 at the time so i'm like mm. Mm, this is it buddy yeah <laughs> I, I, like del, del toro said when he, he he was given a lifetime achievement award at the saturn awards which is like the science fiction horror genre uh, mm. uh academy and when he got when he got up to accept his, his lifetime achievement award, he was only in his late 40s <laughs> and he said <clears throat> thank you very much uh, perhaps the academy knows something about my health that i do not <laughs> <laughs> So I kind of felt the same way at 54. Like, is it, mm, yeah, what's I, does this mean I'm done? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So a lot's happened in my life and career since then. So uh, yeah, you're not done when you get those awards. It presses you to move on and create new things. So It's weird how we do that, right? Because mm-hmm. you're getting awarded and then you're letting that little dark seed like sort of roll in. Yeah, there. Is, it, is this close to the end? I don't know. Yeah. But uh, so to be asked to come back, this is the 10th tenth, the tenth year that they've mm-hmm. done this now. And uh, uh, Film Quest. So Jonathan Martin, who kind of heads it all up, is uh, been uh, he directed me in a short film too, uh, back in the before the first uh, film quest, mm-hmm. and they played it at that first film quest. So uh, and then what? But uh, what I love about these film fests though is the, is the mingling time and the the, the social mm-hmm. time and getting to know what you're just talking about the conversations you have where you connect over. Uh, you know, brandy uh, or or great cigars or whatever yeah. people talk about, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I love poetry. Yeah, me too. Whatever mm-hmm. it is. And uh, but I, I since I've been here just a couple of days, I've already had like mm, three offers <laughs> from filmmakers. Yeah. Like, here's a story. I go, oh, I picked you in this particular role and blah blah blah. So I'm like, you know, so emails have gone out and uh, and yeah. you know a script is coming and yeah. So it's a it's a great place to mix and mingle. And um, and I and I've fallen in love with everybody I've met so far. You know, yeah, really because yeah, yeah. yeah. you've got these. Instead, of it, the studio system is about making money, mm-hmm. and these independents are about making art. Mm-hmm. You know, that yeah. makes a big difference to me as an actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we feel it, dude. Like it's. Yeah. You know, if we were all independently wealthy, it'd be great. Yeah, God, we could just yeah. make our art all the time. It would be so mm-hmm. much fun to do. Yeah, you know, no. we try. 
We go into debt. We do as mm-hmm. much as we can. We shoot in our garages. We shoot in our bathrooms. We yeah. do whatever we can do. Yeah. And it's really just about the performance, man. I think, I so originally, we're both from Boston originally, and I directed in Boston for 18 years or something, and 19 years. And I ended up moving out of here five months before COVID. And we did the move specifically for talent because mm-hmm. that's the one thing in Los Angeles that they have more than anywhere else is mm-hmm. the most talented the talent pool. Yeah. Most talented people, most talented actors. Mm-hmm. And then the game is, as a filmmaker, is just, you know, you want to talk about gatekeeping. The game as a filmmaker is trying to meet as many of these talented actors as possible without having to go through their agents and their management because right. those folks are just in between. Those mm-hmm. folks are like, uh, how much money am I going to make on your thing? Yeah. yeah. I'll share. I'll send them yeah. the script. And then, right, right, right. Then yeah, you sometimes the actor never even sees the script. Right? Yeah, yeah. When you leave it, it's yeah. been Mm-hmm. So it's tough. It's tough for a lot of filmmakers. So I think something like this is really great. That yeah. You're in the room and people can talk to you. And yeah, yeah. And and even the social media has changed everything too. You know, when I started, yeah. there was no such thing, and uh, now uh, I'm accessible. We all of us actors are if we have a social media that mm-hmm. we run ourselves, especially. Uh, and I'll get I'll get those message requests from someone I have never met or never followed mm-hmm. before, and like, oh what. Uh, I just had this idea and I love your work. And uh, so if they butter me up, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. listen. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you're also uncharacteristically kind on social media where oh. I feel like that's not usually the case. Like I remember when I first had reached out to you because I'd saw an alien that you played <laughs> and actually no, it was, it was a, a TV show. I saw you had gotten an episode of, and that led me to looking more at your work and then yeah. seeing what it was. And I was like, Oh, holy shit. That's who this is. Yeah. And you were very responsive. Um, and, and, conversational and i thought man this is such a nice feeling that Mm -hmm. just to know like we don't need to have like a deep meaningful conversation or anything but just oh there is like this kindness and when you're sort of following these footsteps of these the giants in your career and Mm -hmm. you go right this is the reminder of how you behave once you do reach a certain level that you still have this kindness in you you know, yeah, thank it's, you. it's, it's yeah. wonderful. And I think you feel that here in Provo as well. At oh, Film Quest, sure. where like, yeah. There's other people who are like, you see their shorts or their things. You're like, oh my God, this is fucking amazing. Really good Where you work, hear their yeah. stories and then you talk to them and you just, all you feel is excitement and love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Right. It's an interesting place, especially as a director, because there's, there's no one here that's going to finance my movie. So right. like when you, when you're walking around here, you're not like, and the, the people that are pitching, I'm like, why are you pitching to me? I'm, I'm a fucking other director. Like, let's, yeah. let's and so what happens is, is we all sort of find this sort of common ground where it almost becomes a therapy session. You wouldn't believe how many of our podcasts have just gone to therapy. Yeah, yeah. Because so many of us directors are so lonely, we don't really engage with each other. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, the strength of this festival is that uh, we now have lifelong friends, like dudes in Scotland at this point, who, oh, who I was yes, talking to yeah. this morning. And it... it what you're ultimately looking for is someone that you can email or call and just go like, I feel like shit. And they I know totally exactly, yeah, I they know you. exactly why mm-hmm. it's doing this. So, right, right. I, I met people from Sweden last night and um, other country, all, uh, states all around the, the, the country here. It's been just been lovely. They're very supportive, right? Yeah, man. It's been a great festival for all mm-hmm. this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's take a hot second. I'm going to do some ad reads. Stick around. And you then we'll, you. We'll, we'll, we'll wrap this up. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Hold on. Let's try some. Uh, let's, let's do a little music cue here for our ad reads. There it is. A little code electro. Hold on. This is a very curious song. Hopefully making you curious about what I'm going to tell you next. All right, so if you've been listening to this show, you know the deal. It's time to show some love to the men and women that make the show possible. And uh, don't skip this part because I might give you some cool little tricks and tips. Um, And first thing, I'm going to say this. 
I don't think you need to own any of this stuff. I really don't. I don't think you need to own any of this stuff to be a filmmaker. You don't have to buy any of these things. You don't have to buy any of these tools. And some of my sponsors right now are just sweating it out. They're pressing the cancel button on my sponsorships. <laughs> but it's true, man. And what I've done on this show specifically is I've reached out personally to each one of these companies that I love and that's tools that I use for my work. But the tool that I use today may not be the tool for tomorrow. And what I like about these different companies is that they're always on sets, they're always adjusting their stuff, they're always staying current. It's not like some dude, some fat cat with a cigar going, I got a warehouse full of these things, get them out of here, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so uh, stick around for this. First up, our friends from Fujifilm. Those of you who uh, only think Fujifilm is a still camera company, uh, you live in a cave. Uh, what they do now is they make amazing video cameras. Uh, I've been using their X-H2S for years, which is a great 4K camera, and they just released their GFX 102, um, which is a medium format camera, which actually competes with a lot of the bigger rigs out there. It's a great camera to have in your kit. I have it sitting next to me at my uh, editing desk um, and I've got a few cameras there and they're always great, especially when I'm cutting movies and I look at a sequence and I go, shit, I need an insert. I can literally pick up that camera and go shoot stuff and have that footage slide right in there seamlessly. So check out Fujifilm's cameras and here's the most important thing I love about Fujifilm. They support filmmakers. They finance short films. I feel like I'm, I'm telling too many people this. But they actually finance short films. And if you listen to the show and you listen to the Fujifilm Creator Series, you've heard the directors that have had Fujifilm cut them checks to make movies. And if you are another manufacturer out there, hold up, cut the music. If you're another manufacturer out there, take fucking note. I keep saying this in every episode. We don't want free gear over money for movies. There's something more powerful about financing a short film and then here's the business strategy. You can come shoot behind the scenes, use all that footage as your marketing, right? Use that footage for your social media content and everything else. We finance, we get to finance our short films. We retain the right to our short films. Thank you, Fujifilm. And then together we make a partnership that is lifelong. So all these other companies out there that just send us gear and go, hey, will you make an unboxing video? I'm gonna say this in the most explicit way possible. Fuck off. We know that you have at least a $100,000, $200,000 marketing budget, and you're getting that shit for free. So rather than just send those, those things around and have a quick video that someone swipes on when they're on the toilet and they watch for three seconds, actually help filmmakers make movies. We will fall in love with you. We will promote you. You'll be on sets. You'll see how your gear affects things. You'll be able to adjust your gear. It's market research. It's all sorts of great stuff. There's my rant. So all those other companies take note. Fujifilm's doing it right. Check out Fujifilm. The link is in the description of our episode. And please, click those links. Fujifilm thinks I'm lying that you guys are listening to the show. So you need to click the links because the links tell them how many people are listening. Okay? And then I can keep my fucking job. All right. So also supporting the show, our friends over at Blackmagic. Blackmagic Design. They make amazing cameras. We shot all of our... Uh, B cam stuff on Come Home with the Blackmagic 6K Pro. I love that camera. There were moments that we were in the edit where I, as a director, had fucked up. And I called up Lance and I said, man, we need to change the tone of these scenes and I don't feel like art dressing and period dressing the whole set again. I'm just gonna grab my Blackmagic camera. Can we do some close-ups? And those are the best shots in the movie. Those are the shots that are in your, uh, your, yeah, uh, your acting absolutely. reel. As soon as you showed me that we were looking at the edit, I was like, ooh. 
Yeah. It's like Mike uh, sending a text message to the director, like, "Hey, do you think maybe I could have some footage because I want to send the tape out?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which ones? I've got timestamps right here for you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we shot all that stuff in the Black Magic mm-hmm. camera, and then I used DaVinci Resolve, which is a free program if you get the free version of it. I did all my color grading for the movie on that, all my compositing for the movie on that. Um, Black Magic makes amazing stuff, and every time we've had a director here on the show this past week, and I do this ad read they go oh shit i use black magic too so mm-hmm. uh it is definitely something to check out like i said and my sponsors hate me for this you don't need to buy these things they're just interesting options for you so if you find yourself with a problem i'm trying to show you the different shovels that i use to dig holes with that's basically what we're doing here so check out black magic design now also supporting the show with our friends over at boca rentals if you're in los angeles or las vegas boca rentals is the place to go if you're a young cinematographer or a young filmmaker why I like Boca Rental so much is that they support us, they love us, and they know that we are the future of the business. So your gear won't suddenly go off hold when Scorsese shows up. They know that relationships are important and that's what they're setting up. Now, many of you don't live in Los Angeles, Las Vegas, and I can't say this enough. If you're a young producer, director, cinematographer, and even if you're not working, go down to your local rental house, bring them a bunch of coffees, hang out and become friends with these folks become friends with them early on. And you'll find that a lot of these rental companies will put on events, they'll do training seminars, and they know you by name so that when you're doing your short film and you're like, I'm gonna shoot this over the weekend, I've only got about a thousand bucks. Do you think you can throw me that Alexa? You might actually get it. So go down, make friends with your local rental house, uh, and you'll be in a better place. So check out Boca Rentals if you're in Los Angeles or Las Vegas. Um, and if you do go, take some photos, send them to me and brag and say, Mike, you're a loser. You're not shooting. I'm shooting. You know what I'm saying? And I'm into that. Uh, and then f- finally, okay. Finally, if you're a newcomer, we got Doug Jones on the show. So we're getting a lot of new people. A lot of people are coming in. If you're a newcomer and you want to get started and you look at how many episodes we have on the player and we're almost 300 now, it's a little intimidating. Mm. If you're a true comic book fan, you go back to episode one and you listen to the whole trail. What's fascinating about it is that I'm a working director and I promised you on every episode of the show, I would try to give you insight on how this business really fucking works. So you can hear my tone of voice (laughs) as stuff gets good, as things fall apart, you'll hear all that stuff happen on our show. So it's a fun ride to go through. Um, And like I said, go back and listen to episode one, but if you're lazy, you can go to inlovewiththeprocess.com. There we've curated episodes by subject material. So if you just want to listen to the actor episodes, if you want to listen to my chef episodes, you want to listen to the California firefighters debunking Trump's theory on sweeping the forest, all that stuff is there at inlovewiththeprocess.com. back into the dancing again. <laughs> there we go you there's some amazing dancing going on yeah here. yeah right okay all right fellas so we're back we're back uh, so what how long are you here for uh i arrived thursday i'm, I'm going I'm staying through saturday the uh, i'm presenting a couple of awards on awards night oh, oh sick yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, you'll be able yeah. to see our piece i'm excited well yeah your screens when now i'm uh, five o'clock on saturday yeah, it's on the saturday. Block right before the awards. okay okay yeah, you'll be able to see Lance's face. I want to see Lance's. Look at that. I just want to pinch him. <laughs> you'll be able to see shake him, him on the big <laughs> Just shake him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm proud of this piece, man. I'm proud of your yeah. work in it, man. Thank you. you like, Thank you I think much. 
what we did is we were studying, uh, and I've been plugging her a lot, and she deserves it, uh, the work of Judith Weston. Do you know Judith Weston? I don't. So she wrote these really great books like on directing actors. And mm. and uh, when I was, we were in the depressions of COVID, mm -hmm. and like a movie that went away, mm -hmm. that whole thing, mm -hmm. and, and recent therapy. Uh, the uh, We found these books, and we had her on the show, and she was a mm -hmm. sweetheart. Um, and then I started to flip through these books. And as I read like the first few chapters, I just went through this sort of like molting of like, fuck, how, how have I ever considered myself a director? <laughs> you know, and then you just realize in all the other work that like, what a caveman I was and how fortunate I was to have actors around that when I showed up and blah, 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 the actors are like, we were like, okay, yeah, yeah. And then I walked away and they were just yeah, like, okay, good. Right. yeah, I figured it out, you know? And, I, and then I go, well, look how good, good I, I was. Yeah. <laughs> so the actor subtitle comes on like, that's what he said. Got it. Internalize it. Internalize it. <laughs> but uh, with this piece, man, like um, we really worked hard and you and I worked on this character mm -hmm. for like five months. Yeah. Quite a while. Yeah. Oh, quite a while. Wow. Really wow. Yeah. 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 It was yeah, great. Initially it was, uh, we talked about it in like, it was the idea was having this character be a part of a cold open of a different feature. Um, and so we were like, well, let's work on something so that, you know, like we can build it. And I also didn't have really the experience of, working with a director as experienced as Mike that would give me the sort of trust of going, okay, let's build it. Like mm -hmm. you get the trust on set of like, oh, okay, I like what this kid is doing. Okay, let's see a little more. Right. But to build something from scratch is totally different. Um, and he was really good about letting me just like, okay, here's what I think. Let me try this and try that. Even like showing up on the day, first day of shooting and go, hey, I had this really weird ass idea last night about this. Can we try that? And he's like, yeah, great. Let's see what it looks like. Fuck it. Right. And like right. that kind of trust I think is, again, like where like the relationships come from, mm -hmm. right? It builds so that you can allow for the, the creativity to happen on the spot. I'm sure maybe like with Guillermo, a similar experience of like mm -hmm. just that trust with each other in that second hand. Uh, collaboration is everything. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If, you're just, if you're an actor being told what to do and that's the end of it, yeah. uh, then your creativity and your what you bring to the table is like is pushed aside, kind mm. of swept under and you're like, mm. so you, as a director, you you hire your actors because of what they're bringing. And yeah. uh, so let, 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 let's explore, explore that character together and right. see what golden magic comes out of it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Well, I find as a director, right, so when I'm coming up with an idea and it's usually like some, some sort of sketch that I do or something that I draw or something that I write down on a piece of paper, it's fucking flat. Like it's always flat. It mm -hmm. always comes from like one specific spot. Like I may have seen someone do something from a third perspective mm -hmm. and I've seen it from the distance and I'm like, it'd be great if this guy did this. Mm -hmm. But it's never really flushed out. When you're younger, mm -hmm. you're building these pieces that are just that flat thing and you're just constructing these things that are incredibly boring by the time you're done to, to make because there's no discovery for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think the longer you, you're in this game, the more you want to be surprised and the more mm -hmm. you're trying to and like get that surprising bit to hear Guillermo's tricks. I'd love to hear his bag of tricks because <laughs> what, what you're doing is you're mining for that electricity. You're mining for that thing mm -hmm. that when you get back into the edit room after the dust settles and you mm -hmm. stare at seven clips in a bin, you're just like, Oh, so I dude, it's a, I have a whole brand new appreciation for this for sure. and, and a, a whole new life into it. And it really mm -hmm. sort of, I, it was like a rebirth into mm -hmm. you because know, the business beats the fuck out of us. And like, mm -hmm. yeah. 
you know, I'm sure you feel the same way on like negotiations and then oh, yeah. stuff comes. The business and, part of the, of the, is that what kills the soul. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. really does, man. Yeah. Have you had that experience in like a feeling like the sort of rebirth? I know you were saying before earlier about like going more into like the, the human characters, but mm-hmm. along the way in the life of your career, have you had those beats of feeling like a, a rebirth or something new coming forward in your approach? Oh, every other month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Constantly in a state yeah. of rebirth. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, and, and uh, I get asked a lot in some interviews, like, you know, when did you know that you'd made it? I'm like, mm, I still don't quite know that I've made it. And, yeah. and you have a lot of made it moments throughout mm-hmm. a career. But, um, you know, because one project to the next, you know, everything you're working on might be your last. You never know. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. uh, so what's coming next? I don't, I don't know. And um, and you might have a success that, that gets some attention for a minute and then you're forgotten three months later. Yeah. So, ah. Uh, has that, have any of us really made it? I no, don't know. I don't know. The one thing we all have in common is we're unemployed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's, that's, that's the only guarantee. Yeah, you will be like, unemployed again. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why with, with the egos, right? So you see these filmmakers and folks. I, I keep telling young filmmakers, like, the reason for you to get into this is to get up on stage and put your hands on your hips and go, see, I did it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's like, cool, that's going to be great for about 15 minutes. Right, that doesn't But as soon it. as you walk away from that microphone, you're fucking unemployed again. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Just like the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, you really, I'm not going to say the title of the show, but you really have to, but, 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 but the process in order to uh, survive this shit. And mm-hmm. for me, it was... You know, I've told the story a hundred times, but I almost died. I was on deathbed and cracked my skull and oh, a whole ordeal. And you have this moment where the doctors are like, you can't go to sleep. We're going to see if the bleeding stops. And so you're sitting there and you, you're consciously looking at your life and you're just like, what was my life like? And prior to this, there were all these like very high pillars of like, that's when I did this music video and that's when I did this thing and that's when I did that. But there was a whole lot of shit in between that I was like, what happened between, that was like five years between those mm-hmm. two things. Mm-hmm. And so coming out of it on top of like saying, I got to do a new movie, but coming out of it, I was like, look, there, I only direct 5% of my life. The mm-hmm. rest of my life mm-hmm. is all this other stuff. And this, do I like this? Mm-hmm. Do I like all this? Do, what do I like about what I have to do? And then, then I, it was all, that was a way to talk about an awakening. Mm-hmm. That's an awakening moment where like suddenly I'm doing location scouts in an, like a closed uh, power plant in mm-hmm. New England and they open like a metal, <laughs> open this metal door and there's dust on the floor that hasn't been stepped across since mm-hmm. 1972. <laughs> and you know, and you're like a, a fucking astronaut on the moon, like yeah. putting your first footprints yeah. into this. And you're like, this is cool, yeah. man. Like I get to do this, and no, yeah. like most people don't get to do this shit. Yeah, I think it's really being able to find the beauty in those little moments in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. But, the, but that, I hate to say it, that is everything. Mm-hmm. Like when we finally get to direct, and when someone goes, "Congratulations, you can work for fucking free, and I'll make millions off of you." Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everything else that happens is everything else. Yeah, yeah. And so, like that stuff is. The f- that's more fun to me now than directing is like mm-hmm. everything almost too much so i have to balance it back the yeah. other way but you know it's do you guys feel that same way i know i went on a rant <laughs> it's a lovely rant yeah yeah a soul-sucking rant but <laughs> i'm depressed now yeah. Right? Yeah, that's what i do on the show right, right. you were talking about uh you were working on a novel is that something that sort of that kind of keeps sustaining you uh in between stuff yeah i guess I, I'm, I'm four chapters into it now and i had to put it back down again when a tv series i'm on uh, called back mm. to say we're, we're uh, you're coming back into production during covid 
So, uh, yeah, I haven't revisited yet, but I do have a literary agent who's waiting for more pages. So Wonderful. <laughs> we shall see. It's a basic, loosely based on me from 20 years ago. That's great. So, uh, you know, the, the lead character is an actor from Hollywood land who has played a lot of monsters and nobody knows who he is. Like no one knew who I was 20 years ago. <laughs> and, uh, and he, he, yeah. Anyway, I, I, I told the idea to writer Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman Very was, cool. was, was on a Del Toro film with us as shadowing Guillermo uh, to learn how to be a director. Mm. And here's this prolific, you know, world-renowned writer we have in our midst. And, and, uh, and uh, uh, he took a liking to me. And, uh, and so we, we hung out on a Sunday and we just chatted about life and stuff. It's any geek's dream to sit with, down with, Gear, uh, yeah. with, with Neil Gaiman and like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly, let me exactly. pick your brain. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, so he asked me like, are there any stories you ever wanted to write yourself? I'm like, and I said, well, uh, uh, yeah, well, I mean, as an actor, I have an idea for a little, you know, TV movie I'd like to star in maybe. Well, tell yeah. me about the idea. So I did. And, and he said, oh, I like this a lot, but don't write the, the movie, write the, the novel. Mm. Well, okay. Mm. Okay. Mm. So I, that's what I started doing during the pandemic. Finally, I was like, well, Neil told me I had to. Yeah. 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 If you, you ever need a cosign, it's Neil Gaiman. Yeah, right, yeah, you know I'm saying? <laughs> Neil yeah. Gaiman says it's a good idea. Write so, the book. I'm writing the fucking book. Yeah. <laughs> so if I ever finish it, I want him to do the, uh, you know, the foreword or whatever. That'd yeah. Be great. Yeah. Absolutely. Be great. Yeah. Best of luck with it, man. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this has been great. I think we're going to be wrapping this up in a few moments, but I've been having fun hanging out with you. Man. Me too. You. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. We, and we've navigated the the SAG strike pretty well here. I yeah, think yeah, yeah. Yeah. we got a couple beeps. I got to put in there. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to say, you two both stepped in landmines. I did a great you, job. You did, Lance. Yeah, yeah you're right. He yeah, did, yeah. Are we feeling the solidarity, guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, question for you, Lance. What's his favorite? Which, which one of his movies is your favorite movie? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a toss up between. <laughs> it's the one in the forest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> I didn't want to mess around and mess up something else. I felt the the trap setting in. So I was like, we'll just go back to what I did earlier. Yeah, yeah, Walking yeah. over landmines here. Yeah. You know. Well, um, well, I mean, you guys are hanging out with each other. Do you have any questions, or do you have anything that you want to talk to talk about? Um, I think my one thing that I've, I've been very curious about is looking at what we were talking about earlier about that transition going from being known as the the, the creature mm-hmm. and then into Doug Jones the man and also looking at the idea of what it means to make it. And mm-hmm. now that you're moving into this different space, how satisfying does that feel mm-hmm. to be able to step into sort of yourself and, and present that performer to the world? It's very satisfying, uh, especially because it's not just my idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I, get, uh, I, I get reached out to from filmmakers all the time now mm-hmm. that want to that have the, this like, wouldn't it be great to show your face? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get that yeah. a lot. So because I have this reputation of being monster guy. And uh, so uh, I played a lot of like the devil in human form or the mm-hmm. mad scientist who goes off the rails or, mm-hmm. you know, again, scary and funny are still part of my bag. <laughs> so yeah. uh, so that, that's been very satisfying that, that, um, that, that I, I've been wanting to turn that page. And a lot of young filmmakers out there are helping me do that. Yeah. I actually much. saw there was a... Um, a certain space short film fan film that you did mm-hmm. um and it was i think one of the first times getting to see you outside of playing a creature and i thought man why does it why doesn't this happen more often was so, i a villain in that the i believe so I, yeah, like some kind of smuggler yeah, 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 smuggler yes. kind of thing yes i was yes yeah <laughs> and and so <laughs> yeah. trying to navigate this no, no, because, no, it's, a, it's a big franchise that fan film. right yeah, 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 yeah so that's why but um yeah, like, and then seeing that, like it was exciting. So I was like, "Oh man, like I can't wait to see what more of this is." And even Thank looking you. at like the humanity that you bring to the characters, 
um, and I, I believe it was Guillermo, one of Guillermo's more recent ones. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so fascinating to watch that performance, even mm-hmm. with the creature. And I go, well, I want I want the guy underneath of there, man. I want to see what what it's like when we Thank get to you. look him right in the eyes. Thank so you for I'm that, looking forward yeah. to seeing it, man. Well, and uh, part part of that uh, that was a film with Sally Hawkins, mm-hmm. and we were uh, yeah, yeah. you're good at this. You're good at I, this. Yeah, okay, and we. <laughs> Uh, but that that was that movie was proof that because uh, oftentimes people uh, it, it, in a happy ignorance uh, think that you're not really acting unless you're talking, mm-hmm. and there's mm-hmm. so much dialogue that happens visually. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. so much. In fact, right now we're sitting here talking, we're gesturing, we're making facial expressions, we have mm-hmm. a certain posture. That inf- that can change our words. One hundred percent. You know the same the same uh, line of dialogue written uh, can can be have different meanings to it depending on what you give visually to that yeah. to that line. So uh, without di- without verbal dialogue at all, Sally Hawkins and I had to fall in love with each other mm-hmm. on film. I was a creature; she was a mute cleaning lady, mm-hmm. and with that, we had to convince the audience that we were falling in love as mm-hmm. well. And that was a, quite a tough task, you know. To, so uh, uh, Guillermo had us uh, rehearsing with each other about three weeks before the film started shooting. Uh, there was a dance sequence in it, mm-hmm. and we had to rehearse our dance. Uh, neither one of us being ballroom dancers in real life, we had to learn how to be. Uh, and and I had to do it in flipper feet, but uh, so there was a lot. There's a lot, and, and uh, that's a specialty course. Yeah, yeah. But, but this this was a director uh, choice that was really smart. Uh, Guillermo got us together three weeks before we started filming, and we were rehearsing our dance every day. Wow! When you were dancing with someone, a trust has to be built. You're mm-hmm. doing dips and lifts and stepping on each other's feet and learning each other, you know, and, and mm-hmm. creating a dialogue with each other that is uh, based in touch. As Absolutely. opposed to beast in words. Yeah. So Sally and I, and we also connected. We were both terrified of the movie. We were knew how much it meant to Guillermo. We knew the potential it had. And sure enough, 13 Oscar nominations later, we were right yeah. <laughs> about the gravity of this movie. And um, so we, we laughed together. We cried together. We got scared together. We mm-hmm. shared our imposter syndrome together. All of it. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. So by the time those three weeks were up and we went to camera, we had a relationship in place that, yeah. could, that could play without words. So I, I think that was the smartest thing Guillermo ever did was put us in those rehearsals ahead of time. And that fear, I think, is sometimes... You hear a lot of other actors say that the fear is oftentimes a great indicator of what to run towards. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. Like, that, was a, that was a case in point, yes. Yeah, that this character scares me or this mm-hmm. what this is going to say scares me or the, the gravity, yeah. the weight, the scale of this thing. Can I carry all you, of this? You can't phone that in, right? Yeah, you, yeah. You and then you yourself. get there and it's like something just clicks and yeah. afterwards that feeling, right? We're like, And even the bonding that happens because of being able to share in those feelings and come through all the way and mm-hmm. the, the 13 awards or nominations, fantastic. <laughs> but that, that yeah. bond, right? Like yeah. that bond you build with Sally from that experience, the bond you both get to build with Guillermo from that. And then for me being a mixed kid from a small town and listening to Guillermo talk on a podcast about the story of the other and what that means and feeling isolated. He's a big opposite. champion of the other. Yes. The way yeah, that that yeah. hits when you see this story and I go, I'm not a fish man, but I get this. Yeah. And I understand yeah. this and it yeah. connects and like yeah. that, that's me. That's, that's the big reward, man. Right. 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 Yeah. He, he does champion the other. And, mm-hmm. and we find out watching his films that like we've all, no matter how pretty we are or how, how other we are, <laughs> yep. we all have, have felt like alone and like uh, at some point in our lives and we've felt misunderstood and nobody gets me and yeah. I'm the only one who feels this way. And then you find out that like, oh no, we all pretty much yeah. can relate to that yeah. feeling of, yeah. of being like the oddball in the room or the monster in the room. Mm. 
and I've played them literally on film to help us all connect with the monster within yeah. us and find the beauty of that monster, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, that's a big theme on us on our show. Imposter syndrome runs through mm-hmm. everybody. Every good artist has Del Toro has it bad. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Every it doesn't matter the 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 scale or scope of who we talk to. Yeah. yeah, and what's great is that young filmmakers we. Especially young directors, we grow up thinking that, like, you know, you pop out of your mom and you know how to choose lens choices. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, fucking genius. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, it's not true. And no. and I think once once I figured that out, coming up through the '90s, and I realized that, like, holy shit, like the business doesn't work the same way. I can't just go do the path that these other directors did, like a like a Fincher or someone else, and suddenly have a career. Mm-hmm. And you start to understand that each and every one of us is struggling. It doesn't matter how big we are mm-hmm. that we're struggling. Then it becomes a little bit more attainable and it becomes a little bit more okay to go through. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And then then you sort of let go, at least I try to let go of that anxiety, which is like, I'm supposed to be, my, my philosophy always was, every. I wake up every day and I go, what am I doing today to earn this? That was my philosophy. And it was a good way to start, mm-hmm. but then you get older, you can't keep up with that, man. You wake up and you're just like, well, how am I earning this? You know, and you're just, <laughs> you know, and then you just sort of find a way to let yourself go. It's okay, man. Sometimes you don't have to earn it. Sometimes mm. it's okay to spend this time and not work and, and let your body heal and your mind heal. I like naps too much. Yeah. 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 I'm starting to nap a lot these days. <laughs> I hear it, man. Yeah. I think I've napped every day since we've been here. Yeah, yeah, you know, on this schedule. Yeah. 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 We've been insane with all the booze and napping. But <laughs> the. Uh, <laughs> But the networking requires a little social lubricant. Yeah, yeah right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Social. I'd like to introduce you guys to my fatty liver. But but it's it's really just trying to find a way to let this business be a bit more healthy mentally yeah. because it is. Yeah. I, I joke about it. it's bipolar. It's consistently mm-hmm. bipolar. Yes. And, and how High do we, highs and low lows? Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. And how do we process it? And like, if you're how do you do? You just fall back on family stuff. Like, how do you process this insanity that you go through all the time? Yeah, no. The I guess yeah, family is everything to me. If the pandemic taught me anything, it's that close friends and family are, are like key. And uh, uh, so I, yeah, when the business lets me down, it's like, well, plus thirty seven years later, I, I have a body of work behind me that I'm like, yeah, if I died today, I'd be very satisfied with yeah, all that yeah, I've yeah, done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm at a place now that's really, really comfortable. Like, I don't have to. I don't have to earn it. I don't feel like I like I yeah. have to earn it now. I just yeah. want to. I would want to enjoy it instead. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great place to be, man. Yeah, I'm trying to get there. That'd be nice. That'd be nice to on the way, Bob. Yeah, well, whatever. On the way. Yeah, whatever. Well, I, well I, I'm gonna watch your movie tomorrow. And then I'll tell you, I'll give you kudos and stuff. Will that Doug, Doug, you? Doug will do this from across the room. Yeah, you're almost there. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Thumbs down. At 6'3", we will notice if he does. He's like, Mike, fuck off. Yeah, yeah, raise it up real high. <laughs> the middle finger comes from across the room. That sucked. Lance, you were great yeah. in it, but the rest of it, terrible. Yeah. You know, I have not seen one bad thing at this at this festival, been and I've been ones. really impressed with the quality of every film. Uh, for, mm-hmm. uh, the short blocks are like, oh my gosh, every one of them was great, yeah. and the, a lot of the filmmakers are here, and you get to gush on them yeah. afterwards, and the act, a lot of the actors are here, you get mm-hmm. to gush on them. I haven't seen one bad performance or one bad, uh, you know, piece of direction on this whole time. We're incredibly fortunate in the position mm-hmm. that we're in because we get to meet all, the, we get to do this mm-hmm. with all these different filmmakers mm-hmm. and. 
it's been this like crazy wonderful bonding yeah. experience yeah, yeah, therapy yeah. session and elevate you so much i mean socially feeling very elevated because of how much easier the conversations are to have and how the focus feels like it's more about friendship and being peer-to-peer and then having your work alongside other people who are incredible their pieces look brilliant the the acting choices are amazing you go right we're in the right spot we're, yeah. we're on a good trajectory yeah. and this like this pushes me and motivates me for the next thing even more to go yeah, yeah that's there's yeah. there's what was this thing i saw it was really interesting let me grab after that thing and you know it's it's uh, yeah. it's so, I'm, I'm so grateful for this experience so yeah thank and, you, and, and, you know the word networking comes up even though i never have considered myself a good networker i don't God, i don't no. go into a room hoping to network i go into a room hoping to meet people and get to know uh, personalities yeah. and yeah. Yeah, like we were talking about before the mingling part of, of, of a festival like this is um is everything mm-hmm. and if you you connect with someone that you can relate to and, and have something in common with whether it's whether it is um you know we both love poetry or mm-hmm. <laughs> or yeah. everybody loves filmmaking that's it that's a that's, sure. a, yeah, that's a, why a, we're that's here a, that's yeah. a given exactly but i i've had like i said um a, a few filmmakers that have that have you know pitched an idea to me and would you want to play a character like this and one of them, here's an example. Uh, my first night here, I was at the little karaoke after party mm-hmm. yelling over loud music. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, you're talking to somebody like this. Uh, and, Meanwhile, yeah. someone on the microphone going, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> first, I was afraid. I was petrified. Yeah. Big and I could never. Okay, so you're trying to you know, talk movies. You want me in a movie? Yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> no, but the, this uh, this lovely couple, uh, director producer team, mm-hmm. approached me about uh, they said they were and they said was, this is the biggest compliment. They had a character in in, in a film they wanted to do. they want to do a proof of concept short mm-hmm. that, for a feature that they have the whole feature idea fleshed out. But they were you know as as a lot of us do, you make your your uh, your proof of concept short to sell and get investors for the the big deal the big uh, feature. Yep. So they would love to put me in their proof of concept for this, this story that takes place here in Utah. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I want to film in Utah, I'm like, yes, we're starting off in a good place. I love Utah. I love, uh, I love the film community here too. A lot of talent. And, and then they said, we were, we were looking at you across the room at this party, right? Just the other night. And, and there's something angelic about you. Biggest compliment I could get. Something yeah. angelic about me. And they Meanwhile, have, you start floating. <laughs> right. And they, and they, have, they said, but, so we have an angel character in this. Oh, nice. Uh, it's a supporting role. You could be done in a couple days. Uh, uh, would, would that interest you? And I said, you guys have no idea. I, on my bucket list is to play a benevolent angel. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I had this character I've known. I, I was I was an, a darker angel in one of Del Toro's films. Oh, it was hard to, uh, but, but I wanted to be like one that, that brings light and 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 gushy feelings. So they yeah. said, "Well, we have that role for you if you want it." So that's a that's what happens at these things. You yeah, know, yeah, where, yeah, where, yeah. A, a bucket list character of mine is being offered to me. I don't have to get rich off of it either. It's, yeah, you know, I just uh, want to play him. And right in that moment, you like, they get to make your day by presenting this. Oh yeah, wanted and, and saying I'm angelic. I, I yeah. took that to back to the hotel Absolutely. room with me, like ah. floating back. I'm going to sit in my yeah, angel like behavior. But meanwhile, the director's like, "Oh my God, here comes Doug Jones. Like, I got to do this right." This is how I earn it today. This is how I earn it today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, Doug, this has been lovely. Precious, man. Mikey. This is precious Lance. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thanks for having me. Like it's an honor to know you. It's an honor to know that you're a great person. 
the, one of the fucking hard parts about being in this business is that it's always mm, it's always a 50 50 coin flip to meet people yeah. in this no business. i know you never, you never yeah, know what yeah, you're right. gonna get yeah. Yeah. i love you on film hate you in person yeah. no, you never yeah. you never know yeah. so yeah it's like yeah. stop talking you're ruining every movie <laughs> in your catalog he's <laughs> 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 yeah. just backing out real slow no, yeah. i made a mistake i made a mistake yeah no it's been great dude you're a cool yeah. guy thank you you're thank a very you. cool guy um i love your work I love all the movies, including. But yeah, man, and uh, hopefully uh, we get to see you more. We'll be hanging yeah. out and about and doing stuff. And mm-hmm. it's nice to know you by name. Yes. Someday you'll probably get a phone call with my name attached to something and you'll be able to go, oh, oh that, that guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was podcast. perfect. <laughs> I, I hugged him and pet his beard yeah. once. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of what I want to be remembered for. It, it, when. <laughs> If someone's eulogizing me at my funeral, I, I, uh, my career will be there, of course, but but I want to be remembered as the guy who hugged you. Yeah, exactly. The, really and the, all that cell phone footage one. of you stroking my beard off my face will <laughs> be used as evidence. That's <laughs> <laughs> no bullshit. There he is. There it is. Yeah. There it is. Well, all right, man. So thank you both, Lance. Uh, thank you. Good job. Thank you. Thanks for thank being you. on the show again, dude. Yeah. I think we got like one more episode. One more. Maybe we'll One do more. like a house episode tonight with all the people that are Great. staying here. We'll do something fun. And if I may, thank you for the the years of literal inspiration of as, course, a, as a of kid course. looking to do the same. You're a case in point of that social media contact where yeah, there was absolutely. a reach out and we developed a relationship. I'm meeting you for the first time in person. Yes. We've been, been known each other for years though, haven't yeah. we? It's been yeah. like since 2016, I'm going to say. 2016, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Fuck, wow. that's been a long time actually. Is it right? That's seven yeah. years, child. Because the movies. Because the movie, okay. man. You okay. being you, man. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks, Doug. Thanks for being on the show, brother. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. So uh, stick around. We have uh, another episode left. Um, and then uh, we're going to be hopefully uh, winning some of the no- nominations. And uh, fingers are crossed on that. And then I can uh, have drinks with my nemesis. Ah, Roman. Roman. I know you listen to the show now. My nemesis. We will have drinks. I'm going to win, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>